It's time for the Rich Eisen Podcast. Larry David here on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Now, when you're watching a game, do you look at the game and see a job on the field that you think you can do? Okay, first of all, there's no question in my mind that I could be an authentic coordinator. None other than Charles Barkley. There's two things. Uh, there's slight concussion and slight heart attack. It's only a slight concussion and a slight heart attack when it happens to other people. I'm completely surrounded by management, and I am flouting the wardrobe policy here. Thankfully, I've got Peter King on the phone right now. You'll never guess how I'm dressed. Uh, I would ask you to text me a picture, but that would be a problem, certainly from where I'm currently sitting. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Presented by Papa John's, is your host, Rich Eisen. Ah, yes, people, that is, in fact, the voice of the most interesting man in the world, who is... The official voice of this program. That is how we roll around here. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and what a great week 12 of NFL action that we saw. But uh, despite all the great storylines that came to the fore in week 12, from the Chargers seeming uh, resurgence in the late season again to uh, the Atlanta Falcons' big win at home to uh, take the NFC lead and keep hold of it through 12 weeks to Michael Vick going down in Chicago and the Bears coming up with a big win there. And then, of course, uh, I guess Andre Johnson's 10-9 decision over Cortland Finnegan in that uh, Texans-Titans game. All of those storylines are going to pale in comparison post-Week 12 to what we're going to talk about leading up to Week 13. And the game that's going to finish Week 13, the 9-2 and Jets at the 9-2 and New England Patriots with so much on the line, not just the AFC East lead, but the AFC lead in total. And we'll talk about this game with two of my guests on the podcast, Hank Azaria, the voice of the Simpsons, also in the birdcage. You've enjoyed him uh, in uh, Night at the Museum 2. He's in the movie Love and Other Drugs. He's a big Jet fan. He'll join me on the podcast. But, of course, we're all about being fair and balanced. So we'll talk about this game with uh, the face of the New England franchise, the three-time Super Bowl champion and uh, uh, MVP of this league back in 2007, none other than quarterback Tom Brady. Tom, a thrill to have you on the podcast. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Rich. That's a hell of an introduction. I get I was getting winded just listening to you. Well, you know what? That you have the cardiovascular endurance to get through my open. <laughs> I think, Tom. <laughs> Possibly, you know what Possibly. I mean. I knew, I knew you. Were, yeah, I know, I know you. You, you've got the off-season workout program in. I understand That's you can right. handle it. I can understand you. Is there a different sense when it's Jet Week in New England, Tom? Sure, sure. Well, I think it, it's been a great rivalry for us. They, uh, they got a great team this season, uh, and every game we play against them is is meaningful. So, you know, they they've proven really that they're winning these games. In the fourth quarter, um, you know they've blown out some teams. They've got a great defense. Um, offensively, I mean, they're very uh, opportunistic. When they get the chance to put the game away, they're doing it. So, we've got a great challenge. I'm, uh, I'm really excited for what's ahead. We've, you know, I think we've been playing well. So, it, uh, you know, it makes for a very intriguing game. And, and playing on Monday night is always special for us too. So, I'm glad we're playing them at home. We, we. Uh, no, the, the place will be rocking. You can make a case that you're a different team coming into Week 13 than you were when you saw them back in Week 2. 
Well, right? yeah, yeah, we are, but they are too. So, and I think we 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 both feel like we probably improved, and really the identity of your team really starts taking shape right about now. In that, all the guys that you've brought in over the course of the off season have really had a chance to be in the system and be coached. Um, a lot of the depth of each of these teams really is showing true. Uh, you know, the teams that are mentally tough, the teams that are uh, the 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 ones that work hard and are committed to doing what their coaches ask them to do. That's that really shows up this time of year. So, you know, I think we've uh, you know we we've always feel like we've we've played better in the second half of the season as well, and uh, I think that's why. You know, both us and the Jets are very confident this week, and I think that's why it's going to be such a great game. Now, when uh, back in the summer, when you were asked on uh, your local radio appearance in New England whether you were watching the Jets on Hard Knocks, you responded by saying you hated the Jets and you weren't going to watch them on television. Yeah, I said that. Yes, you did. <laughs> do you do you still? Uh, obviously, I imagine you still have the same feeling about the Jets. Well, you know, I think yeah, and I think it's a Boston, New York thing. It's been that way yeah. long before I got here, <laughs> and uh, the way that the Red Sox fans talk about the Yankees, and the way that the Jets fans talk about the Patriots, and vice versa. It's just, I think the reason why it's that way is there's been so many meaningful games played between the two cities, and uh, there's really no love lost between them. So when believe me, when I'm walking the streets of New York, I hear it all the time, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm sure the Jets fans hear the the Jets. Uh, you know, fans here when they're walking the streets of Boston. So. Certainly. But, you know, I don't mind that, though, Tom. You know what I mean? I uh, I thought it, the grief that you might have received from that was unwarranted, that in this day and age where so many players are hugging and smiling uh, when you see them before and after the game, and you see just a lot of the camaraderie, which is understandable in the days of free agency and, sure. and things of that nature, I, I think there's some people that want that old-fashioned bile that old-fashioned throwback that you just don't like the team that you're playing. There's no, there's no disrespect, but the fact is that there's too much on the line going on right now. I don't yeah. mind that. Well, there, I don't think there's any hugging between the fans, you know, on the parking <laughs> lot. Maybe, like you said, the players possibly. And right. we do know quite a few players on that team, and and you get you get an opportunity to know these guys. And in a sense, we all have a lot in common, you know, in the brotherhood of the of the NFL players and especially everything that we've gone through over the last couple of years with the impending lockout and understanding that we're all one, uh, you know, there, we, we definitely have a sense of that. Now, come Monday night, there's no sense of that. And, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it is. The, the competitive nature of our sport is that you're trying to go out there and, you know, kick the other teams, you know what. So that's just, uh, that's how it is. That's how it always will be. And I think that's, why football is the most popular sport in America. The offense that you're running right now, it seems to me that, that you, you're clicking, Tom, like you did in your Super Bowl years because you're spreading it out. You've got all sorts of different targets. Now, I understand Randy Moss's departure may have necessitated this in that respect, but do you believe this is a better offense right now than it was with Randy Moss that you're currently running? Well, you know, I think it, it things take shape over the course of the season. As you said, we're a very different team in week two, and the, and the focus of our passing game is different. Uh, you know, better or worse or indifferent, it's not, you know, uh, the only thing I really care about is production and getting the ball in the end zone. So Randy was a hell of a player for us, uh, and we got some great players on the team now. So 
I think we're definitely trying to stay balanced out there. Uh, ben Jarvis has had a great season. Uh, Danny Woodhead has been a huge addition to this team. Uh, hopefully we get Fred Taylor back here pretty soon. So being able to run the ball, being able to stay balanced, be able to use the play action pass, convert on third down, spread it to spread the ball to the you know spread it around just because that's just the way it happens. And you know I, I wouldn't spread it around if you know if you look at your first read and they're open. So you know I'm always looking for the guys that have the best matchups and they're doing the things that they do well and trying to get the ball to them so they can run with it and and uh, you know get in the end zone. So I think that's that's really what the objective of our offense has been and. And uh, we're going to try to continue to do that. How do you seem to have such a mastery of this, Tom? Uh, and by that, I, I mean this. I spoke to Joe Montana uh, a couple of years ago, and he said he used to trace the playbook. He used to put tracing paper on top of the playbook to know where every single receiver was going to be, where his third, fourth, maybe even fifth option was going to be. It seems to me that you're, it's, it's a flawless read of the field that you have. So I'd love to get into your preparation. How do you know? where all of these guys are. Sure. Well, you know, it's it, if Joe was tracing that, I got to start doing that too cuz <laughs> whatever Joe did, Joe, you know, I'm I know he's I'm your guy, good. right? I mean, you, you yeah. grew up in Northern California, that's the that's the guy. And right Steve Young cuz okay. he was was a little more my era too. So, Plus you can't guys. you can't you can't like a Notre Dame guy that much too, you know. <laughs> Certainly not. Certainly you know? not. But that's what Joe did. He said he used to put tracing paper on top of Bill Walsh's playbook and trace it so he would know where yeah. everybody is. Yeah, and I, I mean that's important as a, as a quarterback. You've got to have a full understanding of the field and the reads. And um, I think one thing I've been really fortunate to be in the same system my entire career, and that's it's really invaluable for a quarterback. And there's certain plays that we'll call next Monday night that I'll that I'll have run thousands of times. And when you can do that as a player, uh, you understand where all the errors come, and you've made all the mistakes before. So now it's just a matter of executing. There's nothing that really surprises you. So as I played more and more and got more games under my belt, I have a better understanding of the defenses, and um, it doesn't take what the corrections that maybe would have taken until Monday morning to correct after a game. Now we can make them the next play because – you know, I can see where the air is, the air in the play or, you know, the air in the read or the air in the throw, and, and you self-correct pretty quick so you don't make those same type of mistakes a second time. So the idea in football is not to make mistakes, and you got to make as few as possible because good teams capitalize on mistakes. So if you can make sure your mistakes are an incomplete pass rather than an interception for a touchdown, you're going to do pretty well. It seems to me, too, Tom, the, your leadership role on this team, we, everybody's talking about the Pittsburgh game where you just seem to be uh, screaming a lot, for the lack of a better phrase. I mean, you you seem to be in people's faces. And to, uh, one thing that I took away from the Thanksgiving game, because I watch it, it's my job to watch things to the bitter end, with about two minutes to go, you're up by 20-some-odd points. You're standing on the sideline screaming at some of the defenders because I think they, they let up a first down is what it seemed to me. Uh, what What is your role on right now and in, in your estimation about helping some of these guys grow up quicker to win a championship? Sure. Well, I mean, I think we're all we're all judged on a play-by-play basis. I don't think, we, you know, I'd, I certainly don't accept that. My, you know, our coaches don't accept that. The players don't accept that. You know, it's... I think for us, the the competition starts when the whistle blows and it ends when the when the whistle blows to end the game. So anything in between, 
You know, we're out there competing as hard as we can. You're playing situational football as well, but uh, you know, we, we don't go out there on offense to, to punt. I mean, to tell you the truth, we you know that's that's not the goal. We don't go out there and run a few plays and punt the ball. We try to get the ball in the end zone. So then the defense isn't trying to give up points. So you know, there's there's such a competitiveness by all the guys on our team, and you know, I've you know I've been around too to understand. Teams come back in this in this league too, so you. Oh, there's, man, two, you minutes, there's two minutes to go though, Tom. You yeah, know what I mean, like you get a pass, you get an onside kick, you know. Okay. They throw a touch, and, you know, you get another onside kick, and you know, there's one play for the game. That's I don't want to be in that position. So I'm just uh, maybe I'm just yelling because I like yelling. Maybe <laughs> you know when you're when you're skinny and weak, and and you oh, can yell at guys on, who are now. a lot who are a lot of. You know, bigger and tougher than you, then you know maybe there's a little bit of that you too. You may have been skinny and weak when you were the 199th overall pick of the draft, though, Tom. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that, I, that you've come a long way from that. How much does that still fuel your your fire? The fact quite a bit, quite a bit. It's uh, I think all those things that you realize uh, throughout that draft process and through college, and um, it was a very competitive college um, experience for me as well. You know, where really I had to learn how to compete on a daily basis. So, are you referring to Drew Henson? Yeah, yeah, and Brian Greasy and, and right. Scott Dreisbach and, and all that, and Jason Kapsner, someone that I competed with. Mm-hmm. You know, to compete with those guys and to 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 really play and practice as if you're playing a game. That's really what one of the greatest lessons I ever learned from Coach Carr was that competing in practice was just as important as competing in the games. And to prove it in the practice to your teammates and your coaches was so important, and uh, I, I, you know, that that will never leave me. So all those lessons of why you become successful in what you do, they don't end up leaving you once you know you you win a couple games. It really reaffirms uh, what you're doing. How much so. how much coaching do you get from Bill Belichick? I mean, now that you've got, I'm obviously you've won rings, you've been there, you've done that. You clearly, you clearly are delivering his message. I mean, there's no doubt about that. With you uh, being on top of these young kids and making sure they grow up and do the Patriot way, you're one of the only guys left from the Patriot way years. So, how much coaching do you get from Bill? What's your relationship with him, safe for this week as you've getting ready for the Jets? Well, I, you know, it's a, it's a great relationship. I mean, he, what he cares about is winning. Mm-hmm. He cares about preparing. He cares about mental toughness. And, and those are things that hopefully I am and the reason why I'm, why I'm still here. And, uh, you know, I love playing for him because for him it's all about football and it's all about winning. And it's, it's not about, you know, talking. It's about doing the work and being prepared and getting the job done on a weekend, week out basis. So. That's why I think it's if you love football, you'd love playing for the New England Patriots because you know you're going to be so well coached. And I think we always have a great advantage every time we go out there knowing that we're coached by him because of his insight into the game in terms of uh, you know what he's able to bring to us on a weekly basis. And he gets on you for stuff like giving up, uh, I imagine, a bunch of points in the fourth quarter of a win over the Steelers that ordinarily would have sure. uh, been very impressive. I mean, he... Does he he puts the red dot on you and, and film sessions and things yeah. of that nature? Yeah, he sure does, and he needs to because we have a young team. And I said you know, earlier today, I was I was saying, you know, we really we haven't accomplished you know anything as a team. I mean, this is nine wins. Nine wins won't get you anywhere in the NFL. And uh, you know, we've gotten off to a good start. Obviously, we put ourselves in a good position. But okay, now now football season starts. Now what now what are we going to be? And 
all those plays in the fourth quarter of games where you're winning, you know, you got to treat those like those are meaningful plays so you can learn from them and grow from them. So that when there is an opportunity late in the game when maybe it's not a three-score game, but it's a you know two-point game, how are you going to make the plays then? So to me, that's, that's how I always approach it. How's fatherhood changed you, Tom? How about uh, that for a curveball switch? Yeah, here? yeah, you man, like that's a, uh, yeah, that's. You've got two kids. Your yeah, son, Benjamin, turns, turns one next week, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're just great. They're just great kids. How do you they're balance just... that, though? I mean, it just because you're not one of those, you know, last one and first one out guys, clearly. I mean, you're as competitive yeah. as they come, and 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 uh, you're dependent upon just as much as as anybody in the National Football League at that position. Yeah. But you got uh you got uh, other Two responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> How's that changed you? Yeah, well, I'd say there's, you know, there's definitely a pull to get home and that, you know, I just love spending time with them. So, when I do have those extra moments, you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to miss much and but at the same time, you know, my my children will understand that dad has to work too <laughs> and you know, dad has goals that he needs to achieve and uh, unfortunately, I can't be there all the time, but that's what you know, that's what parents do. They 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 make a living for their children, and um, you know, hopefully the kids learn. You know that you know that that you to have a work to have a good strong work ethic is extremely important in you know in our society. And my wife works very hard too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it it is it's always a balance uh, because we you know we do we adore these kids and. Uh, you know, it's been just a beautiful blessing in our life. Yeah, I haven't seen Mrs. Brady at many games. Does she not come to games? No, she does. She comes to all of them. She does? Uh-huh. So she... the camera never finds her, though. She does a very good job of staying out. <laughs> Miss Fr- it may be the only camera in the world that doesn't find yeah, your wife. I know. But I, I, know. I mean, She does a good job of that. Because she, she definitely, st- she's, so she's there, though. She goes to every game? Yeah, at, she loves at, it. Every home game? Is she yeah. is she locked into uh, the nuances of the game? I mean, is she does she does she complain when uh, there's a holding penalty that's yeah, not really holding does. and stuff? No, like you think that? I was yelling at the Pittsburgh game? You should hear her yelling. That's, <laughs> I'm telling you, that Latin passion that's that she right, has, the Latin blood. It's uh, she can get revved pretty high. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, you know, she's she she's really a huge fan of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, when when I don't play well, she. Uh, she says it pretty sensitively. What do you mean? Well, she, she'll say, "Why did why did you throw the ball? <laughs> you know, why did you throw the ball there when you should have thrown it? You know, to there. Right. You know, because she'll sit down when I'm watching film at home and stuff and watch it with a little bit with me, so I can explain it to her. Right. So, uh, oh, so, so she'll say, "Why don't you hit the hot read or anything like that?" Or, I mean, she's not that locked in, is she, Tom? Not that locked in. Okay. Not that locked in. Oh. But she's got all the. You know, when I, I sat down with her during the World Series, because I love the San Francisco Giants. Oh, sure. That's, and, your, that's uh, your team, right, from back home? Yeah, mm-hmm. And you can pretty much explain baseball in about an inning to anybody, and because uh, she had never really watched baseball. So mm-hmm. by, by about an inning and a half, she had figured out what baseball is all about. Right. Football, mm-hmm. it would take you years, you uh, know, to figure out. Let me tell the, you, Matt. Tom, I once did uh, – I was once, when it was back at ESPN, I was hired to uh, – to teach a class, Football 101, at the Learning Annex in uh, the Village in New York. 
So yeah. I figured, okay, I'll go there and, you know, I'll bring some tapes and whatever. And the class was filled with, you know, uh, football widows, you know, like people yeah. who, who've been ignored on the couch for the last 25 years and a bunch of foreign folks who had no idea what the game was about. Yeah. And I had all these blank stares looking back at me. I'm like, oh my God, this I is the know. toughest thing I've ever had to explain, <laughs> especially with, well, well, when an ego is down, if you're not touched, you can come up unless it's college. Cause if it's I college, know. then the play's over. And it's just like, and they were all like, huh? I know. And I, I, know. I thought I was the, you know, I'm an expert. I th- I'd like to think. But it's, yeah. it's tough to explain. I it know. is tough. I it, know. It's awful tough. Some of the guys, I know, I mean, the players got to understand some of the rules, too. <laughs> I think that's, that's, there's so many rules. Some didn't even that thing. You I can't know. do that. Some don't even know overtime rules, but we don't even get into that. From I was the, watching the Jet, the Jet game. The Jets played uh, Minnesota this year. In the first play of the game, Minnesota was on offense. And uh, they handed it to Percy Harvin, who flipped it to Randy. And Randy was back running back kind of like a reverse, and he was looking to throw it downfield. Well, no one was open downfield, and Brett Favre leaked out of the backfield. So he threw it to Brett, which, of course, is illegal. <laughs> you can't you know, you know, can't throw it to a, basically an ineligible receiver, which Brett was by taking the snap. But not many people, you know, Randy and Brett, if those two couldn't figure it out with all those years of experience, right. exactly. how, how are the, you know, the casual fans at home going to figure it out? They're going to the Hall of Fame. They're going yeah. to, I mean, they're going to the Hall of Fame. Tom, I, I can't let you go without asking you about the hair now, okay? Because I'm, I'm jealous. I, 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 I would think. I, I could I, never I know, do that. I've seen that hair on the NFL channel all it's the not, time. So. Well, I mean, you've seen the lack of it, unfortunately. Lack of it. I know. So uh, wh- where did this where did this thing come from? You know, I mean, uh, it's when, first of all, let's start with this. When was the last haircut you got? When it's been a one? while. It's been a while. Pre-season? I haven't shaved in a while either. So. Well, I, I, see, that I, that I can't do. <laughs> Because <laughs> I gotta, you know, I gotta be somewhat presentable on yeah, television. Yeah, you do. I can't, yeah, and plus, again, one time on 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 ESPN, I went away for a week to uh, to the to the uh, Caribbean. I come back, I, I try to pull off the goatee by draw, yeah. drawing in the connector part from the mustache to the yeah. to the. Yeah. It, it didn't work. I can't no. do that. So so it's been preseason. That's the last time. It, no, I think it's been even longer than that. I'd say going back probably. Seven or eight months. Because I don't know, I don't know if you watch your games back through. You probably you know watch films, so you probably don't watch the broadcast. I mean, CBS keeps putting up a photograph of you with the crew cut. It looks like yeah. a, it looks like a yearbook photo at this point in time. I know. So you know, I, I I'm not one that's ever really uh, cared too much about the length or the 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 non-length of it. So well, it whatever I really feel like doing, right. I'll do, and I'll say, you know, I'll cut it short, and then I'll grow it long, and so one every, day, everywhere in between. One of, it'll be like Bob Barker on The Price is Right. One day, you're black hair, boom, you're gray. So one yes. day, you're going to just, one day, you're just going to show up at a game, and boom, it's gone. It's it'll a, be gone. I don't know when that will be. Well, you when can't I get do it. To, when I get tired of it. Well, you can't do it. I mean, you can't do it mid-season. Cause that, I don't think so either. Because I imagine you're superstitious just like every other top-notch athlete. Yeah, not everybody lives out there in beautiful Southern California where you can, you know, run around with <laughs> yeah, the crew. You know, when you're back here freezing your tail off, right. you need layers. You need, maybe you need, yeah, you're like those, uh, you know, all those, all those furry animals. There's a right. reason why they're furry. So. Okay. And, and does Maybe it, that's what we're going for a little bit. Okay. Is it required product? You have to put product, right? I, mean, I really, you know what? I've, uh, I, Giselle's got to give you something for it, you know? No, she, she doesn't do much of that. She, uh, no, I probably just, just a lot of, just a lot of, maybe just shampoo. That's all it really is, just like most men. You know, you know two-in-one conditioner, too. Also, you know, you just you can't be high-maintenance. That's no, true. I know. the last thing you can do. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't, as long as it doesn't, uh, 
you know, keep me from seeing the open guys. Once it starts doing that, then I'll have an issue. Yeah, Polamalu, you can't go there too. Yeah, no, see, that's that's a whole other level of long hair. But you, hey, it helps you as a quarterback spot him, I imagine. Yeah. If you're looking for him and you're looking over the defense, you can clearly see him. Yeah, that's got to be really hot under that helmet. Yeah, I imagine it would help you if Revis wore something like that this week. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe to slow him down a little bit. It could be. Hey, Tom, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, calling into the podcast, Rich. it really is great, and and uh, and I also wanted to just uh, chat with you, uh, and and somebody will sympathize with me over the state of our Michigan Wolverines right now. Uh, yeah, I just getting so much grief. I mean, I, it's it's gotten so bad to the point where Ohio State people have stopped making fun of me. I know. Well, they've stopped making fun of all of us, and people like uh, you know former former teammates that don't play here anymore still email me and. I had one of them just send me his address, you know, because we'd always make a bet on the is game. Vrabel? So. Is it Vrabel? No, it was Joey Galloway. Oh, gosh. He just, it was, I see this text from Joey, and I open up, it's just his address. I started laughing. I said, kick a man when he's down. So it's a, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we get back on track next year. We got to. I mean, it's just, that, it's just that simple. It's that, yeah, that it gets, simple. Gets too you, don't have any, you don't have any eligibility left, right? No, I've, I've run my course. Mm-hmm. I've run my course there, unfortunately. <laughs> but I'll do pretty much anything else they ask me to do if it, if it means it went over Ohio State. You and me both, brother. You and me yeah. both. Tom, uh, appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, hope to see you down the road. All right, pal. Take care. Tom Brady, everybody. Come on. Who wouldn't want to be this guy for at least five minutes or even longer than that? Maybe my next guest, because he is the most interesting man in the world. His name is Jonathan Goldsmith. And he is in here in the flesh to celebrate the crowning of the most interesting man in the world becoming the official voice and announcer of the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Jonathan Goldsmith and the Worm, two people I never thought I'd mention the same sentence, along with Kara Henderson coming up next in the Hot Topic segment and Hank Azaria lurks waiting in the wings to wrap up this program. We are just getting started. NFL Fantasy Live, your home for fantasy football. With a 90-minute live show every Sunday leading up to kickoff. With our interactive controls, you choose which segment to watch. That's finished through your average. Who is going to cover them? Get back to what made you good. Or go live as our fantasy experts help you set your lineup for the day. All those are interesting options. Get the last-minute edge over your competition. NFL Fantasy Live, Sundays at 1130, exclusively on NFL.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast. Ah, yes, that's the dulcet tones of the new announcer, if you will, of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here now in the flesh, uh, actor Jonathan Goldsmith, also known more affectionately as the most interesting man in the world. Good to see you on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Papa John, sir. Uh, Thank you very much, Rich. It's nice to see you, too. It's a pleasure. To have you on here, uh, just you walking in uh, to the studio here. I, I you you arrived. I knew you were here. I came out to greet you. You were already taking photographs. I'll, I'll do anything. Two, no, no. Two people had already stopped you in the parking lot to that's, take pictures. That's true. With you, that must happen to you all the time. Well, right? you got to make a buck. You know. <laughs> How much did you charge for those photographs? Do I get a I, cut? I, yeah, I just waved them to your foundation. I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. I mean, because that is one of the funniest commercials 
on television and 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 watching football games, Jonathan. I mean, it is it, the the commercials are scrutinized almost as much as the football. I'm, I'm not I'm not ki- I'm not kidding. I mean, super the Super Bowl they make television shows out of the commercials. Yeah. And uh, so you are as as integral to the NFL viewing experience. As my previous guest, Tom Brady. I mean, people, people, oh, and in all seriousness, people, people stop you on the streets. And how, how much are you enjoying this? Uh, the commercials uh, that you do. It's incredible. I've been an actor for over f- almost fifty years, and uh, the accolades that I'm getting now, after a rather good career in television and some very memorable movies, uh, the reception now is overwhelming. I'm, I'm that over proverbial overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some of your credits. Give us some of your other credits for those. Well, who... sure. I did the uh, first uh, Clint Eastwood picture in this country after he starred in uh, Fistful of Dollars. Mm-hmm. I worked with John Wayne on The Shootist. I did Ice Station Zebra with uh, a very Station notable Zebra. cast, Jimmy Jimmy Brown. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Brown. Jimmy what, what, Brown. What was it? Then he had just retired, I imagine, at that point in time. I yeah. This was about thirty-five years sure. ago. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so. What a presence, my huge man. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, and, and the fact that he just gave up a Hall of Fame career in the middle to do stuff like Ice he Station. Did, he didn't do badly after No, this. he did not. No. No, he did not. Not at all. And, he always, and, and I actually have interviewed him about the decision that he made really? to do that, you know, for his, uh, what, why he decided to just do that. And he said he enjoyed going to Hollywood and having people saying, here's your coat, Mr. Brown. Here's your car, Mr. Brown. Yeah. You know, Mr. Brown got it wherever he went. Uh-huh. I went to Boston University, uh-huh. and I believe he was at Syracuse. Yes, he was. And I watched this phenomenon. I was living with two football players. It was my job to turn the lights on and off for them, so they'd know <laughs> when to go to school and wake them up. <laughs> you were like the, the the one if by land, two if by sea sort of scenario. With Ka- kind of, and mm. they um, were telling me that they really were going to face some real hot guy over mm. the weekend. Mm. They were interesting. Uh, one fellow, he had trouble going to school. I said, Paul, you got to go to school. You got the scholarship. You got to go to school. And he mm. wouldn't. He says, No. He says, He says, I got too much on my mind. <laughs> so he didn't make it. No, he didn't make it. And I'm sure Jim Brown uh, knocked whatever was out of his mind too. Uh, and everybody else on the field. Right. Uh, he left debris scattered behind him. Hey, did you ever work with Leslie Nielsen? Did yes, I did. The, who just passed away? Yes, One I of the did. Funniest guys. Absolutely. And really charming, relaxed. Mm-hmm. No, no diva. Regular guy. I think it was. Uh, one of the shows that I fell off a horse on. There were many. What do you mean you fell off a horse? Oh, I fell off a lot of horses. <laughs> the most interesting man in the world <laughs> yeah. fell off of horses. It was it was later when one guy uh, on the Virginian I almost <laughs> got killed, and some guy comes over to me. He says, he says, son, I've been in the picture business a long time. I've never seen an actor getting closer to being killed. Let me teach you. It was Gary Cooper's stuntman? Gary Cooper's stuntman yes. taught you how to ride a horse. Honestly, yeah. have you had to ride a horse for the for the Dos Equis commercials yet? Have you had to do something like oh, that? Oh, no, no. I wrestled grizzly bears and, and wild <laughs> natives. Two damsels on a train that were carnivores. But, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's own. It's different than riding a horse. I imagine so. Oh, yes. I imagine so. So, uh, what, what's the next step for these Dos Equis commercials? Are we going to see new ones? Yes, we are. Ones? We're starting our fifth year in uh, mid, mid-December. Fifth year? Yeah. You've been yeah. doing this five years That's now? It's hard to believe, but I have. Because yeah. they're just as fresh. They're still funny. 
Yeah. Every single one of these commercials. And after, after football, mm -hmm. uh, you can really feel the impact of the commercials because guys will give me back dialogue that I had long mm -hmm. since forgotten. Right. That's Which one wonderful. is your favorite? Which one's your favorite? I, I think the favorite one is um, I once fooled a psychic. <laughs> no, I once warned a psychic. <laughs> you once warned a psychic. <laughs> Some really cool writing. That is that? great. Yeah. Who, who writes these spots? Some young guys that are really hip. I mean, they're uh -huh. very sharp kids. Right. Yeah, it's a whole staff of them, and I think they're brilliant. They, it is brilliant, yeah. Jonathan. And you are brilliant at it. Thank I you. Mean, you absolutely uh, flat out nail it. I love it. Right. You know, I love doing it. I tried to Im imbue the character with more than the, just what's written. Mm -hmm. Make him a human being. That's and, great. Uh, That's have a good time. That's good. Really do. What's your favorite role you've ever played? Ever played? Yes. I starred opposite Burt Lancaster in a Vietnam piece called Go Tell the Spartans. And it was a beautiful little film. Uh, and he financed it, uh, Lancaster, out of his own pocket for less money than a television show and it was beautifully received and then a little picture came out called Apocalypse Now Yeah. and, uh, and despite the huge uh, Klieg lights and every the big opening in Westwood we disappeared quickly but it's still kind of a cult film mm -hmm. and it can be bought uh, if anybody's <laughs> still interested in the Vietnam War of course uh, at blockbusters, but that was far and away the most incredible experience I've had as an actor. And what was it like working with John Wayne? What was that like? It was interesting. Talk about a presence. The guy was a giant. I mean, you knew he was coming before you could even hear him. It was just, uh, he had an aura about him. He was bigger than life. I <laughs> played a young tough that was going to take on the legend with another guy. We crashed through the window. We get shot in the head by John Wayne. Now every time the blood pellet would hit me in the mm -hmm. forehead I would get a welt and after seven I was also getting a bit of a headache and the director <laughs> was a wonderful guy by the name of Don Siegel who was I guess one of his famous pictures was Invasion of the Body Snatchers yes. and he walked by and he sees me laying there with these lumps he says what are they paying you kid and I told him and he actually doubled my salary <laughs> And he says, don't worry, everybody that's ever been shot by John Wayne has had a career. <laughs> it took a while for that to catch up to Right, me. yes, but it did. Hey, the guy was right. Yeah. The guy was certainly right. Yeah. And what did they double your salary to? $1,400 for the day. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I had the welts for a month. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, there's a charity that you'd like to promote. Please oh, do that. Oh, absolutely. Ahead, I've been involved with it for this charity for 33 years with abused and battered kids since I was 18, and that's mm -hmm. many years, but mm -hmm. it's free arts for abused children. We are people in the arts that bring arts programs providing a non-threatening environment for kids that are incarcerated, mm -hmm. behind protective custody, usually from their own parents and allowing them to express themselves. It can be very cathartic. They then work with their uh, counselors and uh, art therapists and can gain tremendous insights. And it's wonderful. It can be seen on the net, uh, freearts.org. Freearts.org. Yes, sir. You are the most interesting man in the world, Jonathan. I mean, you've got you, you, all, this, all these film and television credits, the people you've worked with, you live on a boat, right? I live on a sailboat, not far from here. You sail, you sail the Pacific Ocean with well, your wife, I, I, right? I have, and I. I you longest, sail. You yep. live on a boat. We sailed just this past weekend with gale warning. We didn't know the two red flags were up till we came back. It was you wonderful. You really are the most interesting man in the world, and I appreciate you being now the the official announcer 
of the Rich Eisen podcast. Good. Is this does pay a lot of money? Actually, what it does, it's it's cachet. It's, it's, it's cachet. Uh, panache. It's not cash. It's cachet. Cachet. <laughs> As if you need any more. I mean, you're stopped for photographs every two feet, yeah. and you're a good man. You take pictures with absolutely everyone. It looks like you're having a good time. With I'm you. having a wonderful time. Jonathan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the pro- the podcast. My pleasure. Freearts.org. Freearts.org. There you go. Jonathan Goldsmith here on the. Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. I believe it's the most interesting podcast in the world, if I may say so. You may. Thank you. <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. Fantastic. That's the voice of the most interesting man in the network. Jason Wormser, senior producer, I, returns to the network. I appreciate podcast. That. Thank you. Good to see you. And Kara Henderson, fresh back from the big Atlanta win in the Georgia Dome. It was a lot of pa- fun. The Packers. It was a lot of fun. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank yourself, you, Kara Henderson. Good and just here. for you, Worm. Just for you, Worm. What happened? Pizza. There was an amazing amount of pizza that the pop uh, the Papa John's people wanted to make sure you got taken care of. I took care of everybody because they also want you to know. That you should try the new double bacon six cheese pizza, <laughs> hickory smoked bacon, and julienne cut Canadian bacon, piled, piled, with a blend of six cheeses on Papa John's fresh, never frozen crust. Only eleven dollars at the new PapaJohns.com for a limited time. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm just not going to go. That's what they want you to know. Yeah. Or they sent that pizza over. You know today. what I want to know? If you could send them back. How did they decide that they needed to julienne cut the ham as opposed to, I mean, do you think they went through a, a what bunch is of other ju- process? Explain to me what the, what the, is the julienne thin, cut. You know, like carrots. You know when you get carrots on a salad bar, they're very thinly oh, sliced, almost yeah. like little sticks, like right. little matchsticks. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. There will be matchsticks of Canadian bacon. But it's better ingredients. That's why they julienne cut it. But I think yeah. they probably had to go through a process to figure that oh, out. real chefs. I've actually been to their, uh, Have you? their operation. Yeah, in Louisville, Kentucky. Sure. They were kind enough. They took me to Churchill Downs for the first time. Oh, fantastic. As well. oh, Beautiful I love spot. that place. It's a great spot. The yeah. best ever. I know. Yeah. Um, Derby's a great event. <clears throat> so at any rate, but I was there just to check on the Papa John's operation, make nice. sure that, you know, if, if my podcast is going to be sponsored by them, I have to have a relationship. You know, I don't, just, I don't just say yes. You know what I mean? Down the street from Papa John's Stadium mm-hmm. where the Louisville Cardinals play. Yes. Yes. All right, let's talk some ball here. What do we, let's start with you, Kara. Okay. How big was that win for Huge. the Atlanta Falcons? Huge. We were discussing this, you know, talking about home field advantage in the playoffs. I think it was more that it wasn't going to be a disadvantage for them rather than an advantage. Because, you know, teams in domes are all going to play pretty well. But if they were going to have to go to Lambeau Field in January... They were all talking about it before the game. We don't, we don't want to do that. Yeah, they don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Especially since they're, you know, 18 and 1. Now they're 19, 19 and 1 under and Matt one. Ryan. And really, they could have been uh, 20 and 0. I think Roddy dropped a pass that would have been the touchdown to win that one game. That was against Denver. So, that was the Denver Broncos right. a couple of years ago. So, but, but the thing that I noticed, and I was down on the sidelines for the last part of the game, and I had been there for the Ravens game as well, the amount of confidence that has built and how the blood pressure of this offense has gone down significantly when they get the ball. They get the ball with less than a minute to play. They have to drive 20, 30 yards, and there was, there was, no, there was not a moment of trepidation. Well, that's because the body of the offense is wrapped in Matty Ice. That's what happens. Your blood pressure drops and when you've got exactly Matty Ice. And that's exactly what you've got the sense so of. So the question is this. Because, you know, obviously we had uh, Tom Brady on the podcast earlier. He's out of his head right now, the way he's playing. Perhaps the best he's ever played. You've got Philip Rivers, who, despite the uh, Giratutus of the world, 
is still, uh, I don't think he's, he's, he's not one yard away now because uh, he didn't throw a touchdown pass and he wasn't nearly uh, as they didn't need to throw the ball against the Colts. They got two defensive touchdowns, but he's still out of his head as well, Phil Rivers. When do we get Matt Ryan into the MVP conversation? Do we get, do we, uh, do we need him to do this continuously? Or it's just because he can't do it this year because he hasn't done it before. You know, that's there, are the sum, there are the sum of a lot of parts on offense. They got a very good running game. They got an all-pro receiver. They got an all-pro tight end. Offensive line's good. He yeah, but I mean, he's twenty-four, yards. twenty-eight now. I game understand that, but this it's past all, week, you know what it is? It's, and, stat, it's all stat-driven. All the stuff's stat-driven. It is. But Philip Rivers is going to break Dan Marino's records and win the MVP. They right. make the playoffs and run it out. The uh, when, when they give, when do they give the MVP? And I always forget. I know. I was trying to think that, too. No, they, g- they give it out uh, during the playoffs. They give it out during the playoffs. So he's going to win it. He's, he's going to break the records. He's going to win it. They it is to too bad they don't division. wait. Because, wait. you know what, because the thought I had, let me give you this thought that I had going give into the, the stadium. Give me the thought that you had going into the stadium, Karen. As you still see the Michael Vick jerseys on all the backs They're as you still walk there, in. Huh? Oh, of course they are. And you, and you see them in the stands, and you just have this feeling that, oh, my gosh, you can see where this is going, right? NFC Championship game. Michael Vick versus Matt Ryan. No They've doubt. never played against each other. That could actually happen. Can you imagine could Michael happen. Vick back in that building and either Matt Ryan or Michael Vick goes to the Super Bowl based on what happens in the Georgia Dome? I mean, it's entirely possible if, obviously, the, the Falcons continue to win and they're the top seed. And the Eagles are probably, what, a four seed? They could even be a five seed, depending if your G-men are actually doing, you know, what we saw against Jacksonville, if that was right. a fluke or not. But you could see it. I mean, if if it goes one versus five, four versus two in the second round of the NFC playoffs, it's possible for that to happen. I mean, I think Fox would lose its head. We would in the media, we would lose it if Vic went to the Georgia oh, Dome man. for the right to deny Can the Falcons a trip to the Super Bowl and get one for him within two years of of, uh, of Leavenworth. You know, but we did see the Bears. Let's not discount them. I mean, because they did go. Uh, Paul Burmeister said it on on Total Access on Monday. Uh, he said it perfectly. They went from seven and three with a question mark to eight and three with an exclamation point, with that one win over the Eagles. How how I mean, that's the issue here in the NFC is how for real are the Bears? I mean, that defense is for real. I think we can clearly say that that's a Super Bowl defense that we're seeing on the field right now. If they in Chicago. remain healthy, yeah. If they remain healthy, the, the defensive line has played so much better. That we've seen the last couple of years because a they're healthy, mm-hmm. but they are ninety has been amazing. I, I, I was shocked. Peppers that peppers. You know when you when guys get paid, mm-hmm. you know how that goes with Dion says. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy has yeah, been... Yeah, light a, pockets usually uh, equals he, better production. Right, right And right. I think people look too much at stat. I mean, at sacks. Like, you, when you talk to players on the team, I've covered three or four Bears games this year already, mm-hmm. and watching the progression has been fascinating. But players talk about... I mean, with wide eye, like what this guy has done for this team that you can't necessarily see because you're looking at the sacks. Yeah, forget about six sacks. The guy, the guy is a destructive force well, all over the field. Let me tell you this, and the Falcons can do what they're and, and Mariucci uh, said it perfectly on NFL Game Day highlights as well. Over the highlight of of uh, Michael Turner popping that fourth and inches into the end zone easily. By the way, that was a flag football right. touchdown, right? He pointed out that's where the Falcons are better than the Packers, because the Packers can't do that. Packers have no running game of which right. to speak. And if the Falcons can hit you in the mouth when they need the short inches, that's how they're perhaps the best team in the NFC. That said, if the Bears play defense like that, and Cutler 
throws three or four touchdowns without throwing a pick, it's a wrap in the NFC. I think it is a wrap well, the, the key in is, the, the NFC. The key is, again, we, I think we talked about it last week, was Martz sees what he has. He knows that he can't just put the guy back in seven steps and go. Can't do it. He's going to get hammered. He got, he, he got sacked four or five times in that game. Right. But when, you can, when he can roll him out a little bit, throw those drag routes to 23, just dink it to 82, and keep it controlled... And he's not running around and tossing the ball across the Hester frame. Hester and Olsen, for those who yeah. are numerically challenged? And, okay. and they, they are very effective. <laughs> okay. They only threw the ball 21 times. Right. They ran it 28. Well, that's the end. That, I mean, if they do that, that, is, if they do the that, that is the, that's the formula to get them to the because Super Bowl Because they don't need much offense because their special teams gives them all those hidden yards. Oh, short right. field. I mean, that was the difference. Yeah. I mean, watching them, literally, it's, it's fun to, to catch teams at the beginning of the season, the middle, and as you move along. Mm. And the difference that I've seen in the Bears, and even talking, I talked to March right before the Redskins game, and you got the sense that he wasn't, he wasn't, happy with where this offense was at. He's like, my receivers, the confidence isn't there yet. And that has all changed. You see them finishing the routes. They know where they're supposed to be. Cutler is clearly his playmaker. He knows that. Right. He, he told me he doesn't want him to get hit, obviously, but he knows that that's when he makes his play. He's sneaky fast, Cutler. Sneaky in the pocket, can get out. And that, but that defense too, man. Again, oh, yeah. you cannot, you can't discount that oh. defense. And but thankfully, uh, and I speak for all of us here on NFL Network with Vic uh, on Thursday Night Football. We we prayed for the safe return of Michael Vick from Chicago, <laughs> and he returned in one piece. He got hammered, right? And uh, he did, but he'll be back, yeah. and he'll be on uh, he'll be on display against the Houston Texans with Andre Boom Boom Johnson. Fresh off of his 10-9 decision over Cortland Finnegan, my, one of my <laughs> 10, favorite. Ten eight. Ten eight. Oh, that's. Well, I mean, well, Finnegan ah. was down, man. I mean, Finnegan had his helmet off, you know, and that's when he. I think I think Andre Johnson was hitting him on behalf of the rest of the National Football League. Finnegan. Oh, no doubt. I agree. One of my favorite tweets uh, that I, I received this week is that um, is that next week when the Titans take the field, he will only ha- have on his jersey on his back the word Inigan because Andre beat the f out of him. Oh, wow. That was one of my favorite tweets of the week. That was one of my favorite tweets of the week. Uh, in the AFC, I mean, what do we make of the Chiefs? I'm going to go there. I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs on you. They went to the 12th man, and they put a beating on them. They ran it, and they threw it. And Matt Castle, when are we going to start talking chefs? Cause I, I think everybody – well, you have a stat. Because everybody feels that, you know, the Chargers are going to go on their Norv, Norv-like post-Thanksgiving run and take that division. But I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Castle, you have stats. What do you have stats? Stat. Castle. Last seven games, 18 touchdowns, one pick. Wow. His his quarterback rating is just insane, isn't it? Last year he had six, he was 16 and 16, 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. This year, 22 and four. Is that Chuck Weiss? Can we say that's Chuck Weiss? Right? Yeah, I mean, they, they fresh have, off fresh off of uh, South they, Bend, Chuck and, Chuck Weiss. And, and, and look at I just I know it's kind of going the wrong direction, but look at what Haley did, bring in the experienced coordinators. Let oh, yeah. them do their thing. The Patriot way. And look what they did in Denver, where they gave a young oh, yeah, guy all yeah, yeah, yeah. this By the way, I, I, I want to I remind me about that, the Denver and, Chiefs thing. Ooh, not so good. Well, that's a, is it a big, how big of a mess is it in Denver right now? Is so you the, want to hear something the, interesting that ties this together? Sure. I heard someone told me what um, what supposedly Todd Haley said to Josh McDaniels. When he refused to shake his hand? When he refused to shake his hand. Are you uh, Now, can you... Is this is this an exclusive to the Rich Eisen podcast, Karen Henderson? This is what I was told was said. Okay. Karen Henderson a reports. People... Karen Henderson reports on the Rich Eisen podcast. <laughs> a lot done. of people Where... in the league are talking about you. 
That's what he supposedly said to him. Now you think that's videotape reference? I don't. I have no idea what that. A lot of the people in this league are talking about you. A lot of people in this league are talking about you. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, they might not be talking about him much longer at this point in time. I mean, because you know, when offensive, when I'm not offensive, but when assistant coaches start blabbing to Jay Glazer and Michael Silver as they did this week, and and when the the owner is quoted on one on one outlet is saying I'm not interested in taking a, making a coaching change and then two hours later a release comes to the rest of the media saying well we're going to evaluate over the next few weeks and that's all on the heels of a home loss to the Rams who by the way you know they're they they, they are formidable yes and on certain days they've got the up and down of a rookie Very quarterback but they approved. I mean Lauren Itis Chris Long made plays and they're, they're they're tied for first yeah. a game in front of the San Francisco 49ers uh, that's 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 bears watching what's going on in Denver. And, oh, yeah. and speaking of the Niners, I mean, I didn't think watching that game last night that under any circumstances I would be talking about the Monday night football game on the podcast. I'm sitting there watching with my wife, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm talking about this game at all." I can't believe you're watching it. Well, I was wa- well. First of all, Worm, <laughs> it's my job. It's what I do. I watch football, and I try and watch as much as possible, knowing that I come to the nation, the not nation, the globe. On this podcast. We are global. We are global. Oh, we are global. I come to the globe, and I need to have all the information. And then you watch what Derek Anderson and the and the, and the Cardinals did last night. That was one of the weakest national television performances Laughable. I've ever seen. Right? Hey, but hey, Christmas night on NFL Network, Dallas at Arizona, that said. Um, you know, they showed a shot. Everyone's talking about this. They showed a shot coming out of the break into the fourth quarter on ESPN and Gruden who hardly ever really has a, 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 a harsh word to say about anybody on the broadcast, uh, Deuce Latouille, uh one of the offensive linemen in Arizona, and, and Derek Anderson are having a conversation that somebody said one thing or another that caused the both men to smile. And ESPN takes that video, and Gruden basically says, I want my guys, if you're getting beat at home by 18 points or whatever they were down by, I want it to bother them. I don't think fans want to see these guys laughing and smiling when the season's going down the tubes. And then this exchange took place after the game with Derek Anderson being asked by a local reporter in Arizona, what were you guys talking about on the sideline? What Deuce and I talk about is nobody else's business. But why was something funny when you're down 18 points in the fourth quarter? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. The camera showed you laughing. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. commented about it. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. I'm not. I'm Real not, serious. I, t- I put my heart and soul into this shit every single week. All I'm saying is the camera showed I'm you I'm just laugh- telling you right now what I do every single week. Every single week. I put my freaking heart and soul into this. I study my ass off. I don't go out there and laugh. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny to me. I don't want to go out there and get embarrassed on Monday Night Football in front of everybody. That's why I'm asking you what I'm was telling it? you right now. We're not. We're talking. Deuce and I are talking. What was the context? In I'm which- done. So where do you stand? On, on that subject. On which the question or, or the Well, I think it's a legitimate question. I think it's a legitimate question. Completely legitimate. I mean, it was also a Jim Gray like follow up though. I mean, the guy wouldn't let go. You could see that the the, the, the reporter definitely didn't want to back down, which is important to all of us in the media. You I, don't want I was, to I was, down. you know, because I, I, there's nothing worse than that feeling when you're in a press conference. When you're on the business end because of that. Because I've been on the business end of Bill Belichick a couple times, and mm. that's the worst. Because you just want to crawl underneath your chair. So that was my takeaway from that, is that, you know, I was actually like, wow, like that's some guts to be able to continue to, to, to hammer the point. I think it was a legitimate question. He didn't. I, I think he should have uh, let him finish his, his whatever thing, his, his 
nonsensical response was, and then followed up. That's all. That's the only problem. Well, they were going back and forth about it. But Derek and I mean, uh, I, I mean, they were showing on the broadcast. He's staring at receivers. Mm-hmm. He's throwing into double, triple coverage. And I, I mean, what's Matt Leinart thinking? Thank God I'm out of there. That? What do you mean? Thank God I'm out of there. He could have an opportunity. What happened there? That, There's that, no that, way that they they, they sent him away and said happened. we're going to go into this season with Derek Anderson and an undrafted rookie and the kid from Fordham, and now all three of them are useless in a season where. If you win that game, you're one game out of first place. There it's, is it's it's clear. Wisenhunt had no no mm. knew, knew that this guy had no respect in that locker room. He must have known that. He must have seen how the players reacted. There had to be a reason that we just don't know. This guy cannot be the leader of our team. He just can't. And he just said we just got to get rid of him now. Now, from there, mm. with all the other options out there, McNabb, you could have traded for him. McNabb, Bolger, Bolger, et cetera, et right. cetera. That's where Wisenhunt and the and, whatever and, and the rest and of the Graves made trust. their issue. They had mm-hmm. their problems with. Man, I don't have a problem with them getting rid of Matt Liner. If they, if they don't believe this guy's the leader, they just got to get rid of him. I just think everyone in Arizona, if you're going to rant against the media, you've got to use the word "crown them" in there. At oh some yeah, point. I mean, <laughs> and it's another money. I mean, that's night a game. missed opportunity. There's another money night It's game. a miss. You got to pound the podium and get the get the microphone somewhat askew. And and then use the word crown him and get off. I mean, instead of instead he made a Costanza like exit, like I'm out right in the middle. I mean, he could have he he really missed an opportunity, Derek Anderson, but he missed a lot on Monday Night Football. Yes, so that makes sense. I can't believe we're talking about them. Do we talk even about the Bills too? Oh, we, Do we have go to there? talk about, about the Steve Bills. Johnson the dropping tweet. the dropping the, the, tweet. The, the tweet. The tweet wasn't very good. The tweet basically where he said he 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 is he's tweeting at the Lord Almighty, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if is. Does does he the, follow, does, you think he follows Steve Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. At, at Lord Almighty, is that what is that what the is that what the Twitter account would be? Do you think be? he retweets it out? Well, clearly, Bills fans are like, why aren't people talking enough about the Bills? Well, clearly, you know, the Lord Almighty is watching the Bills because Steve Johnson is railing at uh, at, at at the fate that befell him. God gave you two hands. Use them. Doesn't he know the Bills' history, anyways? I mean, shouldn't he know? The oh boy! The, but, the, but actually, the ball went through the hands. It didn't go <laughs> it wasn't right wide. of the hands. It didn't go. It wasn't wide, right? Was it wide? Was it, it was right? It was wide, wide, right. right? Yeah. You would know that. I was there. Teammate. I was in the corner of By the end way, zone. Kara, while you, I don't know if you heard this man while while we were you were in Atlanta. Was he talking about the bad dates he's been on? Oh, no. That, he was regaling us with that at a party that, last that, week. That's his own podcast. That, by the way, would blow your podcast out of the water. What? Your Just bad dates? Bad dates. Oh, yeah. Worms, Closet eaters. Un, unlucky at love. People running, running oh, up no. hills. Oh, yes. Just absurd. We can't have that. We can't have that. Just absurd. Oh, Hank was, is I was belly laughing but, at the party the other night. Uh, oh, my gosh. But let me tell you something. When his G-men uh, kept making red zone mistakes, when the Jaguars... Went knife through hot but, uh, hot butter, hot knife through butter um, through the Either Giants' way defense. Work. Either way, would work. Thank you. Uh, in the first half, oh my goodness, the f bombs, the s bombs. I had a charity. Uh, <laughs> Did you? I, well, I had a charity event here. <laughs> well, you know, you give away tri- you, you give me. you give away days at yeah. uh, at the network. I have one coming up. Okay. So, I can't imagine why your dates are going so poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. So so I had four people here who who gave uh, you know money for charity to watch games with us on Sunday. <laughs> After the spectacle of Worm that went down, 
they left at the end after, of the first half. They went. They they were done at the well. No, the second half. Get him! Kill him! Screaming! I mean, you were oh, screaming. Yeah, yeah, when Gerard well, is running around. Hey, anyway, no, 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 no. I understand it's passion. We're it's week twelve. Hey. You'd lost two in a row. You lost <laughs> yeah. your division lead. It's, it's on it. the line. It's on the line. I understand. Gotta get focused. I understand. Need pizza. I know. So anyway, so the people as they're leaving, one of them says to me. I en- I enjoyed the show because they w- they watched they watched the last hour of game day morning before the end. They said one of them said to me one of them said to me I enjoyed the show and the show after the show is what they said. Hey, is that like after Oprah? Is, is that almost like what it is? I guess like, it's real. It's real. It's real and it's honest. We may have okay? to get a mic on you. Without it's you real and it's honest. It on the By the way, Nigel Spackle. That's a good idea. Nigel Spackle. He found, he saw hmm. Skarnecchia. He, he reported Wait a minute, it. wait a minute. The, the, the fact that the Denver Broncos assistant, Steve Skarnecchia, yeah. was busted for videotaping the 49ers walkthrough at yeah. Wembley, which, by the way, the 49ers said they suspected they were being yeah. taped and then ran fake Fugazi plays mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, you're saying Nigel Spackle, mm-hmm. when he was Reported. reporting mm-hmm. for the Rich Eisen podcast across the pond, yes. he's the one who alerted the NFL... Yes. He thought it was to the shenanigans. Yeah, he mean? was having a hot toddy. He was walking out of the stadium. Right. And he was noticing. Nigel told you this. Is what Nigel saying. told me this. Uh-huh. And he was having a hot toddy, and he noticed a chap mm-hmm. with like these with some sort of video equipment. And he was wondering what it was. Thought it was a fan. Right. And he just he, he immediately reported. But he also noticed that the intrepid mm-hmm. 49er mm-hmm. was they were doing some funny things. They really weren't. So doing wait a minute. Their, this is uh, for, for, let me just interrupt you. For, for those who are just listening to the podcast for the first time, which I'm expecting there may be some because of Tom Brady's presence on this podcast. Sure. People may have found it for the first time or listened to it the first time. Uh, Nigel Spackle uh, is uh, a friend of yours, mm-hmm. right, Worm, who sounds uh, absurdly like you doing an awful British accent. Hello! Yes. Like that. There, so Nigel just showed up, for instance. Yes. And then somebody created a freaking Twitter account. Yes. At Nigel Spackle. Mm-hmm. So the nonsense has spawned into that. And Carol, I don't know if you're one of my of this. ten followers. Is by the at- way. <laughs> So, at Kara Henderson is being followed by at Nigel Spackle. Fantastic. I'm hoping and, for the Lord Almighty. And it's just because this may blow my mind. And again, we, then, then we'll, we'll get the NFL replay promo and get yes. to Hank. Uh, the, you were contacted by NFL UK? That is correct. The United Kingdom's version of the National yeah, Football they, League. NFLUK.com, NFL NFL yeah. which is affiliated with the National Absolutely. Football League. Sure. They have their own podcast. They have their own. Their and own contacted you, Jason Wormser, yes. and asked you what? They would like, they'd like Nigel Spackle to come on their podcast. So you were a guest? I was a guest. As Nigel Spackle? As Nigel Spackle. So you did so, your so Fakakta accent for yes. how long? How did long was, you were able to keep it, it up? It was at least like, I felt like 10, it was at least 10 minutes. Were you like Kevin Costner in Robin Hood where it was great <laughs> early on and then you <laughs> lost it throughout? I, or I what, your just, accent, they, your they, British I will accent? say this. They had some hilarious, they were the ones who brought it up. They were the ones who brought, there was word that you were at the stadium and you had you had insight. unbelievable. They Actually, are we've, we've I've been told we have gotten a clip of it, and let's give a listen. Nigel, is it, is it true at all that you were the person who actually spotted Josh McDaniels's special uh, illicit cameraman at Wembley the day before the game during the walkthrough? Yes, yes, it was. It was. It was. I was having a hot toddy, and uh, I was just kind of hanging out, uh, making my way to to the tube for for a bit of a bit of dinner. And all of a sudden, there was this young man who uh, seemed to have some sort of a recording equipment. And I, I figured, well, it could be uh, 
some sort of a fan. Uh, no, I really never thought it was an interloper of any part, uh, but he, uh, who knew? Who knew? And I just I reported it to the authorities. Uh, I didn't even think twice about it. All of a sudden, poof, poof, we have this uh, just international espionage once again in the National Football League. It's, it's unbelievable. That is ludicrous. Yes. Our nonsense has spawned. <laughs> Spawn is the only word. Spawn. It's spawned. I'm not even going to finish their sentence. The best part is it's just, it's just nonsense. That is the beauty of it. It's just Where did this accent come nonsense. from, by the way? When you watch enough soccer games like I, like I do on Saturday mornings, you get up on a Saturday morning mm. and you sound like this. Hello, we're live. Yet and, again, yes. why dates may not be going we're well. We're live in, Jason. in Newcastle. <laughs> you know, the tune all me, they're ready to play. You had a great football. night. You wake up the next morning, and, and Nigel spackles in bed with you. And what had, happened? And Saturday was as bad as it gets, too. It was as bad as it gets. Oh, what, for Nigel Spackle no, or for no, your, no. your love life? Oh, Christ. Let's God please almighty. now find out what the games are. Let's what are get, the games? Hold on a minute. The NFL replay <laughs> schedule for NFL Network this week. Mike Ditka, let's cue him up. Okay, what are, the, what are the games? I don't even know the games. What are the games? I don't even know the games. What are they? Tuesday, hmm? 8 p.m., Angry Bird at Second City Ursine. Angry Bird. Uh, help me out with that. What do you mean by it's Angry the Colts Bird? And, Angry uh, Bird, I thought it was the Cardinals, because we're not going. No, 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 Angry Bird is Desert Wren. Okay, so oh. Angry Angry Bird is... Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay, at Second City. Okay. Boy, that one really What's lost more, You don't know Angry Bird? Angry Bird is Eagles. Okay, well, there's okay. lots of... The Seahawks, the Seahawks looks pretty angry, too. No, 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 that, that's Totem Pole. Okay, that's Totem, totem pole. pole. Okay, yeah. keep going, please. Falcons aren't angry? Uh, cheese manufacturers bird. v Dirty Bird. Okay, ah, there you go. Cheese. There you go. There you go. Falcons. The game. That's that at nine fifteen. Was that? That's okay. at nine fifteen okay. on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Eight o'clock is Spotted Cat v Gotham Blue. Okay. Jaguars Giants. So oh, with uh, Michael Bowley Wired. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So pretty good. And um, nine fifteen, it's one sticker versus the majestic Sporting Prairie. <laughs> one sticker, the Steelers, because they have only one sticker on the yes. side helmet, and the Bills. All right, where are you going this week? I, Other than the Eagles did you, game, did you see my face? I, I, I literally had a moment. Like, where am I where going? Where are you going this week for Obviously game going to the Eagles, yes. covering the Eagles for us. And right. then I'm going to uh, watch the Bengals for a second game in a row against the Saints. Ah, the Saints. The Saints continue the Bengals' run. They're, oh, my gosh. They have the toughest schedule I've ever seen. And congrats to Drew Brees uh, being named SI oh, Sportsman yeah. of the Year. Yeah. So well-deserved. Well yes, no well doubt about it. So I'll see you in Philadelphia for Thursday Night Football. Yeah, Texans. you'll see me on the plane, in fact. Ah, there right? we go. Nigel Spackle's going to, to uh, Switzerland. <laughs> Did he get a watch? or no, to, a, to, get a, the, to take some money out no, of his account? or No, what? it's the FIFA is giving out the, the bids for 2018 to host the 18 and okay. 22 World Cup. I'll listen for it on uh, other podcasts. Yes. I cannot believe our idiocy has spawned in yes. such a way. It's so genius. I'm so proud. All right, Hank Azaria is going to join us <laughs> next to give fair and balanced coverage to this Patriot Jet monumental contest coming up on Monday Night Football. We've already heard from Tom Brady and the most interesting man in the world as well. Hank Azaria giving the Jets point of view. change the game. One new channel will change Sunday afternoons forever. This season, watch the best plays as they happen live in HD. NFL Network Red Zone. Every touchdown, every game. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Podcast. Now it's time to talk to Hank Azaria. Oh, what better way to get to Hank? Hank, have you ever been introduced by the most interesting man in the world? 
Have you ever? No, I never. Uh, not introduced. No, I've had other interactions. With him. <laughs> you have? Uh, no. You drank really. Dos Equis with him? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-huh. We once, uh, we once <laughs> both wrestled the same puma. <laughs> Good to chat with you, Hank. How fired up are you about your nine and two Jets, or? Are you still a little bit hesitant? Are you still f- waiting for that trap door to open on your team? Well, Rich, as you know, being a Jet fan, I mean, I, the state of being a Jet fan is that we, I could, we could have just won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I still would be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you mean they're, they're, they're hoisting Lombardi, and you're looking for the flag on the field? Yeah, I'm basically. still feeling like, well, somebody's going to hurt themselves with that trophy now, <laughs> and uh, this is going to be bad for us. So, no, and, but there's, I think, genuinely a lot to be concerned about. I mean, the offense just doesn't uh, – I mean, Sanchez really didn't look great last week, although I guess he has that odd game where he's not incredibly sharp. Mm-hmm. And that was, certainly was last week. And uh, the Patriots just seem to be coming in uh, on, a, on a major role and are a different team than the Jets beat in week two. Yeah, well, I, and I spoke about that with Brady earlier on. A couple yeah. of things I want to bounce off you. He still hates the Jets. Do you do you do you have a problem with him saying that? I don't have a problem with him saying that. Or do you do you think that he should uh, he should give a little bit a little bit more respect? I, I, anybody saying they hate anything? I mean, I guess it's kind of refreshing candor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like what Jason Taylor said back was, which was, I hate losing to the Patriots. I don't know that I hate the Patriots, but. Um, yeah, I mean, fair enough. That's fair enough. No, I mean, he still said, you know, that they've got a great team. They're playing very well. But, I mean, and as he said, he hears about it all the time when he walks the streets of New York. So, right. I imagine. I would imagine he would. How much do you hate the Patriots? Is that the team you hate the most in the NFL? In the NFL? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say yes. They probably are the team I hate the most in the NFL. I mean, that's and a great rivalry. It's yeah, fantastic. it is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, sure. Look, you know, he's Tom Brady. He can say whatever he wants. He's, the man is too handsome. That's my main problem. That's your, that's your issue with him? Yeah, I don't like other actors that are more handsome than I am, and there are a lot of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I certainly don't like a football player who's a lot handsomer than I am. It's just I won't stand. Yeah, that's where you've got to draw the line. Yeah, it's really not. I don't blame you for drawing the line in the sand on that one, Hank. No doubt about that. Yeah. And he also, you know, he also was talking about how uh, in this game – that uh, it's all on the line, and yeah. he believes that you know the win. Do you believe the winner of this can actually go on and uh, and win the conference? This is about. This is what it's all about right now. I don't know. I know the Jets have a pretty hard schedule down the stretch. I don't know what the Patriots. I think they both play the Bears. Yes, they do at Chicago. Yeah, but, and they both have the Dolphins and Bills left too. So yeah. Um, well, you know, no, I don't think you can call anything like that in this, uh, in, in this crazy thing we call the NFL now. And I, I mean, what amuses me even more than that is each week to try and decide based on that week's games who is the top-ranked team in the NFL. I mean, it's completely impossible this year. I and mean, there are ten teams who have a legitimate shot at, at winning the Super Bowl, and the best team in the AFC and the NFC will be the two who play in the Super Bowl this year. So who do you think's going? Give it to me. God, uh, it's, it's so hard uh, to. Uh, I'm putting uh, you on the spot. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta say the Jets, just because I gotta say the Jets. Yeah. I'm not gonna not say the Jets. And in the NFC, boy, 
Oh, boy. Can you put Atlanta in there? Do you believe in them? Do you believe in them right now? Again, you know, I mean, Atlanta, Green Bay, uh, Philly, the Bears, it's just, it's so hard. It's whoever, I I don't even think it's whoever's streaking the best into the postseason, because that doesn't even a good forecaster anymore. I don't know. If you put a gun to my head, I would say that I actually expect to see Green Bay in there. By the way, it's really odd, even though I'm sitting here in Los Angeles and you're sitting in New York, I am actually putting a gun to your head. (laughs) That's terrible. Then then I'm going to say Green Bay. I'm going to say it's been all green uh, Super Bowl. Hey, Green Bay, that was a shutout. Now, that was a typical jet loss. That and, was, they, and they don't you they don't lose typical jet losses anymore. They don't usually have that anymore. Except when they do. Except, except when they do. Coming out of a bye week at home getting shut out. Yeah, inexplicable. Uh week one against the Ravens was fairly inexplicable. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh you know, a couple of these wins these last two weeks, I mean, I don't know what was going on um uh, against Cincinnati, even though they won, they won that game going away, but that was that was a very strange offensive performance. It, well, they've been having up and down. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but uh, this gives me a massive game. Where where, where, where do you watch the game? We're going to watch it. I spot? will be in my lovely uh, loft in New York okay. with a bunch of uh, Jet fan friends. Rub it in. Why don't you just rub it in? Just keep rubbing it in. <laughs> where are you going to be? Like, where do they send you? you actually, like, no, no, no. I, I, I get Monday nights. I get Monday nights off. Usually, I watch them in my in my lovely abode. But um, I'll be out and about that night. I'll be out and about that night. I'll be at the Soho House, actually. Really? Yeah. See, now I'm dropping names. Quite the jet setter. Yeah. What can I tell you? I would think you'd want to concentrate more. No, I think this this one is just just to hang out with a bunch of guys and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not taking notes. I just want to just sit there and and All enjoy right. it. Although there's going to be a lot of fantasy on the line. You and I are in two fantasy leagues, Hank. Let's let's get oh, right down dude, to it. Do you know? Do you know how I got destroyed this week? Do you know how? What a Which one? Which, by the way, let's let's no, go. No, I didn't get destroyed points wise. Just my team got decimated. But you mean uh, injury wise? Frank Gore gone. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's out for the season. I held on to Vincent Jackson all year to start him this week, which I needed to do because I also have Hakeem Nix. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're looking for the host monkey in the countryside to shoot it. You got, <sighs> a, you got an outbreak, brother. I'm in a bad way. Now, and that's all, and that's, that's on the, is this the, this is the Everson Walls? Is that the Everson Walls. Now, why did you name your team the Everson Walls? Uh... You know, my buddy Ernie and I, by Ernie Munich and I, who I grew up with, we share the team. And for some reason, Everson Walls was—we always we we liked. We were a fan of his, but mm-hmm. then he was always our just our comedy go-to name. Just like when you couldn't think of a name of a player, like I think that's Everson Walls. We just would always say Everson Walls. Okay, he was everyone in the league. All right, and then your and then your other your other team's name <laughs> in your in the other league. Your other team's name is is, is Let's All Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all kiss. It's just spread spread the love around. I just thought, what would really annoy a bunch of guys trying to beat me in football every week? And, uh, Let's all kiss. The suggestion, let's all kiss. I'm getting killed in that league. Boomers, I'm doing pretty well in that league. I know. But you've week. beaten me twice. My my team, Boomers Stash, yeah. is, uh, is doing very poorly. It's lasted as long as Chris Berman's actual mustache. Uh, <laughs> it had a blaze of glory when it first started and then uh, disappeared. So I'm out in that one. Yeah, but you're Herbert Sherbert, your team in our league, Herbert is coming Sherbert. on strong now. Herbert you had a Sherbert. rocky beginning, it but did. now you're coming well, on Well, part of it is because I made that trade with you because I needed oh, yeah. a tight end in the worst way, and you had Dustin Keller who was on fire. Yeah. And so I had Breeze. I traded Breeze for Keller and 
Tony Romo. Yeah, talk about injury troubles. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that, no, that didn't work out for you. No, it didn't. It worked out for you. Yeah, if it makes you feel any better, Breeze, as you, I'm sure you know, isn't having quite the season he No, he's not on had. tilt like he was last year. No. He's not. But on Keller, yeah, since Antonio's come back, he has... He, he may have had 12 combined points in the six weeks that I've had him. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I still, I really don't have, I, my tight end... No, it doesn't make me feel better. It really end. doesn't. I'll be honest with I you. I was counting on Owen Daniels all year. doesn't make me feel any guy. better. Doesn't make me feel any better. All right, uh, Let's talk Brockmeyer. Let's get right to it. I've let's got, talk Jim Brockmeyer. For those, <laughs> for those who, who may not know this character, explain who Jim Brockmeyer is, Hank Azaria. Rich Eisen, Jim Brockmeyer is a classic baseball announcer, one of these guys who talks like this. Uh, everything he says is in this cadence, in this, uh, this tone of voice. <laughs> doesn't matter what he's, whether he's describing a baseball game or he's you know, talking about what he's doing, uh, some kind of hooker he's just hired. He's going to talk about it like this. Jim Brackmeyer. And, uh, and, and he, had a, he had a sad uh, ending to his career, as, um, as I talked about with uh, Joe Buck and, and Dan Patrick on, uh, on FunnyOrDie.com. He had a, it's a sad, sad story. Jim, Jim Brackmeyer, yeah, it's a very sad tale. He was a classic, classic announcer. And... Uh, <laughs> Had a very difficult evening when he walked in on his wife in uh, flagrante delecto with another guy. <laughs> By the way, is, is flagrante delecto a great shortstop uh, from uh, San Pedro de Macorís? <laughs> I believe he was. I believe he came up in the uh, in the in the red system. He is flagrante delecto. <laughs> Number nineteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a light hitting utility infielder. He was. So when when do we get more Brockmire? We're uh, we're working on a Brockmire feature, kind of. In film. fact, the outline for said feature is supposed to be delivered into my hands today. Is that right? Today? Yes, I hope so. No kidding. Yeah. And this is a film on the Jim Brockmire story. Yeah, well, this would be a feature film based on uh, the trials and travails of Jim Brockmire. So based we'll on the funnier die video that that uh, that you did. Exactly. Yeah. When when uh, but you've told me this now. When do we see more footage from that? Funny or die, because you, you left a lot on the cutting room floor, did you? Know? There's a lot of other Brockmire footage that uh, could get thrown out there. I, I think once we see what we're doing uh, with the film, mm-hmm. then we'll see like what other like little lost Brockmire tapes we want to spread out there. Oh. But right now, the thing, the thing itself is such a nice, pristine little, yeah. little, little four minutes. Oh, funny or die. Yeah, we don't. We want to. We want to ruin it with dumb other stuff <laughs> if it's not as funny. I think people yeah. like dumb other stuff, though. Yeah, they do. But um, but Jim Brockmire, there's standards. There's standards for Jim Brockmire. Well, we all have high hopes for Brockmire and his feature <laughs> film career. Out of the ashes of a, the horrors of his personal life comes a major, major career in motion pictures. What season are we in in The Simpsons now? 50? Where are we right now? Uh, I think we're season 58. That's... I think, yeah. Uh, we're, 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 uh, season 22 is airing, and we are definitely going to do season 23. Definitely. Yeah. Full show. What is your favorite character on The Simpsons that you've done? That I've done? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, uh, Gunners, to your head again. I don't know if you can see it or feel it <laughs> across the across the United States here. My favorite character, Rich Eisen, is, of course, Professor Frank. I enjoy him. I like talking like this, and uh, I enjoy Professor Frank. That's your favorite one of all time? Yeah. I, the, I'm a big major Jerry Lewis fan. <laughs> uh, I, and... Um, 
And Jared Lewis is the, the original Naughty Professor. Uh, some of you are younger viewers may not be aware of that, dear children. But this is, uh, of course, uh, uh, the, uh, the Naughty Professor, as Jerry Lewis uh, portrayed him, and I adopted as Professor Frank. <laughs> Who, who, uh, as a guest star, who's been your favorite guest star on The Simpsons? Because they, they come in in person, obviously, right? Yeah, you, you no, the, the best day for that was the week we had, like, Homer goes to rock and roll camp. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Elvis Costello, Tom Petty, the Rolling Stones. We had Keith and Mick mm -hmm. and uh, David Byrne and uh, I'm leaving some people out. Mm -hmm. That was really wild. All the we we had an Aerosmith episode early on. I just for some reason, you know, I guess because I'm used to other actors, right? But when rock legends walk in, I kind of freak out. So Mick, that's the one that did it for you. Mick, you Mick know, to me, honestly, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Petty. Uh, uh, it was Tom Petty. My, yeah, Tom Petty and Elvis Costello. I would say I've uh, actually really. gotten to interview both Petty and Mick Jagger. Really? For yes, at the Super Bowl. Because, you know, they keep on getting these rock legends at the Super Bowl. Right. And Mick Jagger knew more American football than I expected him to. Really? Yes. He was talking, but, and he also did it in the way that, you know, the Brits talk about, uh, about the team, like Pittsburgh are, you know, like you use the plural for the city because that's the team. Uh-huh. And, you know, he goes, Pittsburgh are a team that, uh, that runs the football. And that's correct English? I believe so. Yeah, see, these Brits, they know how to speak. They do, let me tell you, man. Yeah, even when they're talking about American football. And he, I, I, I almost wanted to swap roles with him. If I could play a guitar, I would have actually swapped roles with him, just to sit just to sit in his shoes for a minute. And, Mick, and then he leaves the room, Keith Richards comes in, and they had separately. They would only be interviewed separately, sort of like McNabb and T.O. back in the day. Yeah, we had a similar thing when they recorded The Simpsons. We had to record them separately. Is that right? Yeah, yes. So, uh... There was an advanced person for Keith Richards. They came in and dropped an ashtray in front of his seat with an unlit cigarette and a bottle of water. Uh-huh. So you say a bottle of something else. No, no, no. No, no. It was just water yeah. at the time. That was it. And uh, I, I, I figured that's the way I should have my set prepared for me from now on. I think that at The Simpsons, we had for him uh, Orange Crush and vodka. <laughs> Is that right? I think so. That sounds like Jim McMahon. <laughs> instead of instead of, uh, I would. But speaking of trading plays with Mick Jagger, I would really love to see Mick Jagger take over your job at the NFL Network. I would too. That would be great. He'd be good at it. He'd I don't be, really. Yeah, he, I'm telling you. Look, it's like you know when when it's like the Jaguars. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they're on about this week. I don't. Is David Garrard? <laughs> Garrard. You know, he just looks sick. He looks silly, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I can't see it. Oh, man. All right, Hank. Listen, good luck to your Jets. Good luck Thank to you, sir. Good We're going to need it this week, I think. Good luck to your J-E-T-S. They'll keep it close. They'll keep it close. See, now, that's, that is definitely not the Rex Ryan way. You don't you – just deep down, you still don't believe – you still, I mean, because Rex is like Rex is coming out and he's saying, you know, I, I respect Bill Belichick, but I, I'm here to kick his ass. That's what he says. No, I think that's great. It's more this talking. It's not so much I don't believe in the Jets. It's that, you know, the Patriots. Is it safe to say for the last ten years in a row, fifteen years in a row, they have played a significant game like this late in the season? Yeah, I mean, they. But, yeah, we. What is with this? Is our our second year of this? 
so it's hard to get used to. No, but the Jets have played significant games. Don't you remember a few yeah. years ago when, when, when they needed to wipe the, the, the Green Bay Packers and Favre in, in the uh, Meadowlands to make the playoffs? They whipped them, and then they beat the crap out of the Colts in the playoffs. You, know, you take a look at the Jets' history. They've got playoff wins. They've got big-time wins. It's just yeah, no, that I know, they get they're, lost they're, in the they're, shuffle. They're, they're here and there. They're here and there. They may cut their kicker, Nick Folk. Yeah, I heard that. They're going to bring it in Chris Brown. You heard that story, huh? Yeah, I heard that. I ain't no band leader. <laughs> Chris Brown ain't no band leader. Yeah, Les, Chris... Les Brown was a band leader. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick Folk may wind up with a with a with a pigskin in his he bed. Really, he 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 spiraled out fast. Well, man. he was he was big early on, and then he he's just he keeps missing left yeah. and right. You can't have it. Can't have it. No, you, you can't, can't have it. You can't have it, you know, when you're when you're winning. But see, but when you say they're going to keep it close, that's why I'm like, I don't know, Hank. I mean, uh, they... Well, look, in New England, you know, uh, momentum-wise, you have to say the Patriots are coming in uh, much hotter. The Jets have, like, I mean, they just could easily have dropped their last four games. Well, maybe not last week. But last week was much too close for comfort. Yeah. In fact, they played worse last week. I think they even did in the in the three previous wins. Well, the Jets lost to a team that that uh, New England beat, and the Ravens, and New England lost to a team that the Jets beat, and the Browns. The one thing I will say and, is, that and, I think, and the Patriots have not played Green Bay yet. That's coming up. Right. I think also the Jets are going to be able to easily. Uh, I think whatever the Browns were doing on defense to New England obviously worked really well, and I think the Jets will be able to mm-hmm. do something similar. One those confusing. Confusing looks and stuff, and, right. and uh, so that that I think will help us a lot. I'll, you know, it depends on if Mark is up for the game or not. Sanchez get a running game going. Yeah. Also, the Jets pass rush, Rich. You know, it's funny when they're not blitzing. They're they not can't really... get home. They can't get home. Um, they don't have. They don't have that. You know, what would help if Vernon Golston could actually sack a quarterback. Yeah, that would be good. That's a. Ty- that's exactly the type of player that they're missing. Is somebody coming off the edge like a Peppers type guy that just can't be handled. Would make a big difference in that defense. Not that it's bad defense, but are we promoting anything? Love and other drugs in theaters right now. You're in that's that out right now. Currently, go see Jake Gyllenhaal and Anne Hathaway naked. Really? Yeah, naked, naked. Like naked, like flat out. Yeah, you but, can spell it everywhere. But, but you, you keep want. your you keep your clothes on. You see a corner of my ass. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Every movie, Hank. I know. Along came Polly, right? Yeah. Uh, the Birdcage. Sort of, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, Agador Spartacus was, yeah. was way out there. Yeah. By the way, I don't have a weird accent in this one. I'm just talking to this myself. But you get a flash of my butt from okay. the side. Okay. I, I, don't, I, you know, I don't know if I want to see that, to I be know, yeah. yeah, like you haven't seen it. Come on, most poker nights. <laughs> That's what I devolve into, let's face it. All right, and then uh, and then do we do we want to promote your next film as well? The Smurfs. Yes, sir. La 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 la. When does that come out? That'll be out August third. Uh, I think you... they're going wide with that, as we say in the industry, wide. Yeah, they're going wide with it. Now, if if uh, if you you in that film you are playing Gargamel. Gargamel. If we see a piece of Gargamel's ass, then no, that you don't want to see. Now we're talking. That old, that's in 3D, right? Is it in 3D? It'll be in 3D, Gargamel's ass in 3D. <laughs> well, that's the sequel. Yeah. It <laughs> might be Smurfs 2. All right. Well, listen, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rich. You got it. And, and, uh, and, and buck up. I think this, is, uh, this, is, this has the makings. This has the All makings. All right. Well, listen, if you're, 
if you're positive about no, it. No, I'm not. Listen, I'm just saying that nine and two versus nine and two. Brady is at the top of his game. We heard that earlier. He is as competitive as they come. He could not be more locked in. He couldn't be more locked in. Yeah. And he's fired up. He's he's already he's already looking at film of the Bears next week too because it's a short week. I mean, that's how locked in he is. He knows it's a short week after this game, and he needs to be ready for that too. Yeah. But he's not overlooking the Jets. I mean, he wants to of beat. Of course them. not. I mean, he wants to beat them hard too. Well, the other thing is, you know, so if you go dropping to nine and three isn't exactly a disaster, but mm-hmm. um, that's the other thing that mitigates this a little bit. Right. And but at least you know when you're comparing corners, uh, the Jets' corners have more children. You know that. <laughs> yes, they do. I think Cromarty himself has more children. Do you think? Yeah. Then the entire you, seven, the, nine, the entire seven? Patriots second. I know that was your favorite moment on Hard Knocks. Oh yeah. And weren't, weren't seven of them named uh, uh, Larry or something? I, yeah, they were sort of like the uh, the Stooges. Yeah, they all had the same name in that respect. Yeah. This is like the longest Jewish goodbye in the history of my podcast. Uh, yeah. Goodbye. Go Hank. Jets. No, no, listen. I, I, I miss you, Hank. I, look I miss you too, Rich. Oh, isn't that, this is fantastic. Thanks for joining the podcast. Sure. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> Hank Azaria. All right. How fun was this show? I had fun. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. Hank Azaria calling in, talking about his beloved Jets, 9-2, and two, taking on the 9-2 and two Patriots. We went straight to the top of the flow chart to get you the Patriots aspect of things. Tom Brady. I want to thank both of those guys for calling in. I want to thank Jonathan Goldsmith, a.k.a. the most interesting man in the world, for coming in here and uh, chit-chatting with me and deciding and agreeing to be the official voice of the Rich Eisen podcast. I went pretty much straight to the top of the flow chart on every aspect of the show. Good times. The Worm, I want to thank him and Kara Henderson for coming in here. Uh, I cannot believe what's going on in the U.K. with Nigel Spackle. Keep it coming, folks. Let's keep the nonsense flowing and spawning into bigger and greater things internationally. I always appreciate the uh, tweets from people at Rich Eisen uh, across the globe. Globe, seriously, talking about this podcast. Try to improve it each and every week for you. Also, you can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rich Eisen, and then check out this podcast on iTunes and also on NFL.com slash Rich Eisen. Follow Kara Henderson at Kara Henderson. Follow the worm at worm underscore 66. Follow Hank at Hank Azaria. And you should also try the new double bacon six cheese pizza by Papa John's. Hickory smoked bacon, Julian cut Canadian bacon piled with a blend of six cheeses on Papa John's fresh, never frozen crust. Only 11 bucks at the new PapaJohns.com for a limited time only. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. That's it for this edition of the podcast. We'll see you on Thursday night football. Texans at the Eagles this week. And then, of course, on NFL game day morning on Sunday morning. Setting you up for week 13. This is going way too fast in the National Football League. Thanks again for downloading the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Papa John's. Stay listening, dear friends. 